welcome back to the podcast. There's somebody mowing their grass outside, so apologies if you can hear that. That it literally every time I turn on the record button for this show, either cars are just so loud. Everything is amplified. It's raining. It's so loud. Like, but maybe that's a good luck sign. So if it it rains when I'm, it always rains when I record. So. How are you doing? I hope wherever you are in the world, you are doing great and staying cool. It is, again, I will say it until it is not hot anymore, which will not be until like November. But it's hot as a witch's coochie out. Um, What else is going on? What's happened since the last time I talked to you guys? Not much. I've just been working. Um, and writing. Just I put out a new uh, post or by the time this comes out I will have put out a new post what else is happening that's about it just just trying to live you know what I'm saying (laughs) it's a it's a it's a time in the world right now and um, the only thing I'm gonna say about it is that I'm really gonna need Caucasian old men in suits who run everything to shut up but also like listen and like fix problems you know what I'm saying like they need to find that balance of shut your mouth but also help and like do your job please thank you what did we talk about last time oh the the western yeah we did the three mini stories which I'm bringing that format back for my next guest episode And I'm excited because that was fun. I like doing three little mini segments like that. Of course, I'll always do long uh, deep dives because those are also equally as fun. But um, the three little minis are super fun. And uh, I'm I'm actually bringing that kind of back today, even though we're doing more than three. So today, I, over on the Instagram posted a little poll and if you don't follow the show on the Instagram you should it's fun um I usually will post a BuzzFeed unsolved meme and let you know that a new episode is happening but I also like to do polls and stuff over there as well as uh put little question boxes for you to ask things and at the end of this episode I'm gonna be reading some of the things that you guys submitted for Things that made you smile, which is what I asked for the last time. But if you follow the show at Crime Traveling Podcast on Instagram, you will have seen that I put up a poll on my story to ask what type of case that you guys wanted. And uh, by a landslide, paranormal slash ghosty things happened. Um, It won. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. I couldn't decide on what specific thing to talk about I would kind of fell down a rabbit hole of haunted Florida places but none of them had enough information for me to do a whole deep dive into except for like Tampa theater but I already did an episode about that with Jill from Tampa theater so if you haven't listened to that go check out that episode but I found a bunch of little really really short kind of like uh fun facts and things about some haunted places in Florida so I thought this would be a good mix of like a Florida man slash paranormal thing so yeah today we're gonna just go down the list of some haunted place oh if you don't know I'm from Florida I live in Florida (laughs) if you're a new listener hello hi welcome thank you for listening to the podcast uh I was born and raised in Florida and a lot of these places I'm gonna talk about not all of them but a lot of the ones that I found, I've actually been to. So I can tell you whether or not the vibe is actually spooky. And some of them I went to without knowing that they were haunted. And I just found out that they were haunted through looking at these facts. So, uh, yeah. Without further ado, I think we should just hop right into it. So sit back, grab a snack, and let's travel back to a bunch of different time periods to talk about the haunted buildings of Florida. Ooh.
right, so let's jump into this with our first building, which is Plant Hall, which is at the University of Tampa, which is a beautiful college if you've never seen it. Uh, I highly advise you Google pictures of it. It's it doesn't look like a college. <laughs> it, it they I don't know what it's modeled after. I didn't look into the actual college because we're talking about a building that's attached to the college. Um, but as far as I know, the actual college buildings aren't haunted. But this building that is connected to it and is owned by the same people uh, is definitely haunted, and you will see why in a second. So Plant Hall is named after Henry B. Plant, who. If you're from Florida, you will know who he is. We also have a city named after him called Plant City. Uh, but this, the building that we're talking about is not in Plant City. So I don't, whatever. You'll see in a second why everything is named after him. Uh, he was born October 27th, 1819 in Branford, Connecticut. And he, growing up, he was just one of those dudes that like tried to make a business out of everything and probably tried to swindle children out of candy in the hallways um but he was a famous businessman and an entrepreneur he was solely responsible for a, bringing a bunch of things to florida um he developed a waterway like travel system to transport water that connected from key west all the way to cuba uh, they used a, a steamship to accomplish this. He was also the first to add a major railway, um, like, station, yes, but, like, uh, railway system. There we go. That's the correct word. Uh, railway system to Tampa in a lot of areas in Florida. He was a big uh, influence in the economy in the 1800s for Florida, specifically Tampa, and he left for a little while. He went and traveled and saw the world. And then he came back after the Civil War. And in the South during that time, you could buy really broken down, damaged buildings that had been damaged from the war. You could buy them for super, super, super cheap. So that's what he was doing. And he would reconstruct them all into hotels. And therefore bringing more money to a already failing infrastructure of uh, tourism because it was war-torn. So uh, he was just doing his businessman thing. He was a boy boss instead of a girl boss. So today it's known as Plant Hall but because it's not a hotel anymore. But back when it first opened, it was called the Tampa Bay Hotel. And it was the largest and the most expensive of all of the eight hotels that he did have in the area. It had about 511 rooms and... It covered a landmass of about 150 acres or so. It officially opened in 1891 after three years of construction. Jeez Louise. And it cost over $3 million to construct that at the time. So in today's money, that would be a little bit over $45,000. Oh my God. I can't imagine having that much money. That's insane. He specifically designed the hotel to appeal to people from Europe and um, tourists from overseas. He thought that if he designed it after um, some very specific Victorian architecture at the time that featured a lot of archways and towers, that it would entice more people to come and spend money there, I guess. Um, but it was uh, traveling in general specifically after the war when people were kind of um, in weird spots financially. It was already an expensive thing to do. So being able to stay at this hotel, I think you would have probably had to have been from overseas and not from America at the time. But I'm just making a little hypothesis on that. It was the first hotel in history of the state of Florida to feature um, an elevator electrical lighting and telephones in every room which I think is a pretty cool little a little fun fact he charged about 10 times more than any hotel in the area to stay there every night uh and that was because he just he had all these amenities that at the time now a phone in your room and an elevator seem 
like a walk in the park every like motels have that but back then that was like oh you this is we are fancy living so he he technically and it also i'm sure he was just trying to make his money back because the 45 milli that he dropped to build it probably it made a little bit of a dent in his wallet so even though it he probably scammed people a little bit he the funds were there and he could justify it a little bit <laughs> among some of the famous elite people to stay there were teddy roosevelt and babe ruth the pool had the hotel featured an indoor pool and a casino on site because it was 24 different buildings that they kind of put together to make a a one building <laughs> uh so yeah the hotel was kind of sectioned off into 24 different parts and some of those parts were a pool and a casino there was also a golf course out back and a racetrack i was trying to figure out if the racetrack was a car racetrack or horses and i couldn't figure it out because it no longer exists in 1930, uh, roughly, uh, after a couple years of the Great Depression had been underway, travel and just people's willingness to spend money dwindled very quickly, which meant that the hotel was abandoned for about three years after struggling to be able to keep afloat. So in 1933, Tampa Bay Junior College, which is what it was called back then, bought the building for a seemingly cheap amount of money and used it to house all of their students and uh, a couple classrooms. They would go on to expand the space of it and it would turn into what it is known as today, which is the University of Tampa. And this is when, if you look it up, you find out that some stuff went on here and that resulted in it being haunted. I'm convinced my rule is if it's from 1939 and under, it's probably haunted. As of today, or as far as 2021, uh, the University of Tampa is known to ghost hunters as being one of the most haunted colleges in the United States. Didn't know that until I researched it for this. The building itself, because I'll post photos on the Instagram, but there's a photo that somebody took. There is long hallways with just doors and doors. If you go on some of the, the floors that aren't the main floor because it was a hotel. So there was just there's just a crap ton of rooms in this building. And this hallway photo, I'm not kidding you. I my brain whenever I see scary photos my brain just kind of goes a wall and thinks like what if there was a face in there what if there was this and I scare myself but it's a scary photo you guys I'll post it previous and current students have reported everything from um feeling presences in rooms with them uh you know how when you're in a room and you feel like somebody's watching you but there's nobody there I've had that happen to me um I was there's a I'm not talking about it on today's episode because Ebor could be its own episode. But Ebor is a small city that was a um, in the 1910s. People immigrated here and started cigar factories. It's a cigar. It was built on cigars, but now there's other stuff there too. Um, but it's an old, old historic town in Tampa, and I went on. Um, a ghost tour, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But I did a um, production of Bonnie and Clyde the Musical in this place called um, the Italian Club, which is a, it's just a big old dance hall building, but there is a stage on the second floor. And there's also a basement, which is odd because Florida places don't normally have basements because of flooding. There are some places here that do have basements, but they're usually add-ons because just having a basement here isn't smart because everything floods. So... I did a show there. I was stage managing and there was a part in the show where I had a little bit of a break where nothing needed to be moved. And so I would go to the third floor, which was empty. It's just a big old empty ballroom with just tables and chairs to go to the bathroom because the only bathroom in the dressing rooms was so close to the stage that I was like, if I flush this during a silent part, I think the audience might hear. <laughs> so I was like, I got to pee. So I'm going to go upstairs. And 
I never saw anything, but I hated walking up in that empty ballroom. And I know that place is extremely haunted from what I have looked into. There have been a couple deaths in the basement. I know a couple people have died who were gang members. That city was highly gang affiliated in the 20s and 30s. Uh, that's where most of the deaths happen or deaths of gang members or people are trying to get back at other people. And yeah, I never saw like an apparition or anything, but I just like that room, even though it was it was huge, just a big old empty ballroom, even though it was empty, I always felt like there was someone in there with me and I don't know how else to describe it. It was just a weird, I didn't feel like the, the feeling wasn't like there were negative intentions. I feel like you can gauge whether or not somebody looking at you is being rude or not. Um, it just felt like, you know, there were people there and they were trying to make themselves known. I don't know. It just freaked me out. Every time I had to go to the bathroom, I would run through the room and then pee and in the hallway bathroom and then run all the way back. Because <laughs> I was like, I am not trying to see nothing. I got a job to do. So other things that have been reported at Plant Hall have been doors opening and closing by themselves when no one's around them. People hear footsteps uh, in above them in the the rooms and the floors above them but the rooms and the floors are empty um a lot of places in the building are cold and it's i mean you know if you're florida you should have pretty good air conditioning but it's like an immense amount of cold even in places that the air conditioning isn't that great and the one thing that because it's hard when you're trying to find ghost information why it's I'm not giving a whole lot of specifics is because they're not available um but the one that I kept seeing over and over and over on everything that I researched was people reported a man in a brown suit with glowing red eyes standing on in the stairwell that was like they like there's no name for this person uh, a lot of people believe that he was a part of the hotel staff maybe he was like a manager because and a lot of um sounds of like silverware and you know carts like the hotel carts and things like that can be heard so it would make sense for ghostly hotel staff to still be there which that always kind of that's such a like okay if you are a ghost expert listening to this or somebody who knows a lot about the paranormal please feel free to reach out and see if you can answer this question for me there is an open closet door behind me and after i read that man with the red eyes thing i'm gonna close it okay cool that was scaring me i could see the the cracked uh closet out of my peripheral and i got scared okay i'm a baby i hate the dark i sleep with a nightlight anyways moving on um <laughs> um but that never made sense to me. Like, okay, if you're telling me that the hotel staff is haunting this building, correct. That's fine. I believe that. And a lot of hotels are haunted by, like, the bartender that used to work there. Like, the hotel that they filmed The Shining at. There's, um like, a bartender guy that used to work there that many people have seen apparitions of. Or, like... It's very common if you go to a haunted hotel to hear of maids that still walk around the hallways and do their like they're stuck in a work um, a work loop, which makes sense if that was something you did every day and it was a job you did up until you died. I get that. However, comma, not all of them died in the building. There's no way that everybody who worked for you or even some people that like usually you don't. It's not a very common thing to die where you are working unless you have a very dangerous job like a construction worker or an electrician or something. So it does like and even when I went to Tampa Theater, the they have a ghost there who is named Paul and he was a manager in when in the early days of the theater and he retired from that theater and went to go work at this big theater in Texas and he died in Texas. So if you're telling me that people go back to where they worked, like, so like every, so when I die, I'm going to just haunt my job that I currently work at. I'm just going to haunt the theater that I work at. Is that what you're telling me? I have to go back to work like it, which is, I like my job. That's fine. But like, I just don't understand. Like, do you get to, does the ghost get to pick where they want to go? 
And like Jill, Jill at Tampa Theater told me that even though he died in Texas, he always said that his favorite place he ever worked at was Tampa Theater, which is why after he died, he came back and his spirit lives there. And they had paranormal investigators who were not Zach Baggins um, <laughs> come in and the little machine, the the e- EM, EMF, EMS, I think, reader, um, it kept showing the name Paul when they would ask what his name was. And sure enough, they have a photo album that has a guy in it that who was the manager and his name was Paul. And so I do believe that his spirit is there. I'm just wondering, do you get to apply for where you want to go and you just hope that the, the counselor in... in paranormal world sends you there i i just don't because not all of these there's no maybe the i'm okay (laughs) the man in the brown suit probably died there so i get that but like all the other things of the hotel staff so everybody that worked there, spirit is stuck in the hotel even though some of them probably died like at their house or at a nursing home or at a hospital like i just don't understand this is a long tangent but am i making sense i just like what delineates you going to work or where you lived like it would make sense for me like when you die if you haunted the place that you died in because that was the last place that your spirit so hospitals should be very haunted is what I'm saying I don't know I just I'm not a ghost scientist so maybe there's an easy answer for this and I'm just not thinking into it if you're not Zach Baggins hit me up and help me I have beef with Zach Baggins I'm not gonna talk about it so the most famous ghost that ghost hunters of plant hall are aware of is this woman named bessie she was a famous uh theater actress in the 1920s ish and she was very she was a frequenter of uh the tampa bay hotel when it was called that and her little story is very reality tv worthy um she was at the hotel one night and she came back to her room and saw that her husband was cheating on her with not just anybody not like a maid or something it was one of her castmates y'all that is that is oh no oh no that's illegal it should be i know it's not illegal to cheat on somebody but it should be um so of course she was super heartbroken by this and she ended up killing herself in her hotel room i guess she went and got a different hotel room that night uh she is uh typically seen in the plant hall area wearing um a scarlet dress um that's what apparently she killed herself in that night and um she is considered an unsettled spirit by most ghost encounters with her uh she is caught I, I i do know about this though that if a spirit has unfinished business or they die uh trying to accomplish something that has not been accomplished or they are heartbroken and they are missing a piece of them whether that be emotionally or physically they kind of are just stuck endlessly in wherever they ended their lives or wherever their life sadly came to an end uh she kind of goes around most of the hotel room so i think she stays more upstairs but she just wanders the hallways and is still heartbroken she got betrayed by a man Ugh, jesus men have always been trifling huh that's crazy like I say this about everything. People have been doing the same stuff for centuries and decades and decades. Like it's same, it's different clothes, same shit. That's my, that's my motto is different clothes, same shit. That's crazy. But, um, I hope one day she can find herself a ghost husband. Ooh, maybe her and the man, the man in the brown suit can get together. He sounds kind of scary though. He sounds like he might be a little violent cause he got red eyes. Uh, he's a little demonic, but if he, he might be nice. I might just be, he just might be a little scary looking. Maybe he had, um, what do they say on crime shows? Uh, orbital hemorrhaging hemorrhaging of the eyes maybe that's why maybe something tragic happened to him uh but let's try to get them together match.com i love that for y'all it is a common kind of uh thing on campus that a lot of students 
don't even want to go in the building, which I feel you. It's a little scary, but I I don't know. I would stay there. I mean, because some of it is used as like dorms and things like that because there's a ton of rooms, but I will post photos. But Bessie and the man in the brown are the most frequented ghost there. And as of today, it's still haunted. So if you ever get a chance to come down to Tampa, head over to the University of Tampa, which is in downtown Tampa, and take you a look at Plant Hall. See if you can have a little chat with Bessie. So the next place I'm going to talk about is an actual theater that I have been to. It's a tiny little theater. Well, tiny in the aspect of theater talking world. Uh, It is in Clearwater, Florida. So this isn't Tampa, but this is across the bridge. It's called the Capitol Theater. And this is um, like a sister theater to another one that we have called Ruth Eckerd Hall. So a lot of the smaller events will be held here like if you're just one person singing or if you have like a really small play to do they'll do it here I saw Sutton Foster in concert there and it was literally just her if you don't know who that is she's a Broadway singer she's also an actress on TV she was on Bunheads which was a ballerina show on ABC Family in like the 2010s and then she's also the lead in a show called Younger on TV Land she plays Liza But she started out on Broadway. The first thing she was in was Thoroughly Modern Millie in 2003, I believe. She was Millie. And then she went on to do Anything Goes and Young Frankenstein. And she has a bunch of albums where she covers songs that I love. I have most of her stuff on my Spotify Broadway playlist. She has a great voice. Um... She was also in Little Women on Broadway. She was fantastic in that. Her most recent thing that she did was... she's Oh, no. She's currently in The Music Man with Hugh Jackman in New York on Broadway. The tickets are insane. Even for, like, nosebleed seats are in the thousands. I'm like, girl, calm down. I get it. You're Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster, but good God. I, I'm not dropping rent money on a ticket. Like, I'm sorry about it. I love y'all, but no. But I went and saw Sutton Foster there, and the theater's cute. It's, um, I mean, compared to its sister theater, Ruth Eckerd, it's very tiny, and it's, um, it's like, it's long. It's not, like, long ways, like, to the back. Like, it's a very, it's, yeah, it's not very wide. It's a very narrow theater. But it, I didn't know it was haunted when I went, or I would have tried harder to see ghosts, but it didn't feel off when I went there. A little history on the Capitol Theater for you. It was officially opened on March 21st, 1921. Uh, And then a couple decades later, in 1981, the Royalty Theater Company signed a lease with the people who owned it, which were called the Taylor family. And it officially became known as the Royalty Theater in 1981. And during this time, they decided to do a bunch of renovations since it was owned by a, a larger company and they thought that they could add some improvements to the building. A man named Bill Nevels, uh, he was found on the balcony and he was murdered. They came in one day, the construction workers came in to do renovations and they just found a dead man's body and they never figured out who did it. So the Taylor family officially owned the theater until 1996. And in 2008, after some real hard financial times, the theater went into foreclosure. And then about a year later, it was partnered with the theater I mentioned before, Ruth Eggert Hall. They bought it. And the city of Clearwater also helped out and bought it in January of 2009. And they renamed it the Capitol Theater, which is what it is currently called. So as far as the ghosts that reside in this building, there is a 10-year-old girl who, according to all the articles, say she's very playful and just kind of watches over the theater. So she's the theater's little guardian angel. I don't know. Again, I'll go back to that. So let me list the other two and then I'll go back to that. So there's a ghost named Bill. Um, 
who is seen by a lot of people who the guy that was murdered that I talked about earlier. And then there is an old man who dons a goatee and they call him the captain. And he is known to be seen in the hallways with a blue coat and a fisherman's hat. So we got um, 10 year old little girl who's probably talking. We got Bill, RIP Bill. And then we got the Gordon's fisherman. The little, okay, so Bill makes sense to me because he was, his, he was murdered in the building. The captain, I'm assuming the captain and the little girl were probably people who came to the theater and saw, because it used to just show movies, and now they actually have a stage there and they do live shows, but it, but before that, um, this was just a movie theater that you could go see movies at. It would just looked a little bit fancier than most movie theaters did, so I think the 10 year old girl and the captain were probably people who just loved going to see the movies and so like I mentioned earlier apparently you get to pick where you want to hang out at when you become a ghost so I'm sure the 10 year old little girl because she died as a kid she they were probably like I want to go hang out in the happy place and that was probably a place that made her really happy is what I would like to think so she just kind of hangs out there forever um and then the fisherman, the only thing I can think of is, like I said, he was a guest there. It's in Clearwater, so there are beaches and you have to drive over the water to get to this place. So there are boats. <laughs> but I, I don't, like, wouldn't he have wanted to, like, haunt a ship or something? That would make more sense. I'm not really sure. Whatever. You, you do you. As far as Bill goes, the patrons who have been had encounters with him say that he's very pleasant and he enjoys the theatrical activities that go on there he apparently saved a theater worker's life who almost fell over the balcony uh this person was up there and accidentally lost their balance and almost fell and she said that somebody pulled her back but when she turned around there was nobody there so, and this was the same balcony that he died on. So, coincidence? I think not. He's a hero. We praise Bill. Um, that's kind of cool. I, I've always wondered if ghosts could do that. Because ghosts can move, like, doors and stuff. Is it the amount of energy that they have saved up to do a certain task? Or is it... Like, do you have to save up a bunch of energy for a bunch of days and then just, like, boost it all, like, in a video game where you use, like, a special star and it only lasts for a couple seconds and he used his powers to save her? Or can they do that all the time? Like, can they move doors and stuff all the time? It's a question for anybody who's not Zach Baggins. Please answer for me. The fisherman, everybody who's come in contact with him says he's an asshole. <laughs> All right, so he's the captain, remember, Gordon's fisherman. Um, he has, on many occasions, inappropriately touched women, so we do not stand him. Uh, he can absolutely suck it. I don't care if he hears this. Usually, I, if I talk about, like, a spirit or something in my state, like a certain doll whose name starts with R that I'm not going to say, because, and I respect him, uh who lives in Key West, I, 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 I tend to not like talk shit on, I don't want to ever talk shit on spirits ever, but if you're a mean spirit, then I'll say whatever I want about you. Come at me. Um, but yeah, he, he's a, he's a, he's an assaulter, so we don't stand him. And he's also very loud, they said, which if you're trying to watch a movie or you're trying to watch a play and there's a fisherman screaming in your ear, you're probably going to hate it. And He's known to just cause trouble around the theater, so I don't even know why the heck he showed up there because he didn't even die there. So, like, why are you here, sir? Like, you're just here to be a bother. Get out. And then I couldn't really find a whole lot of information about the little girl. She um, is just kind of there. She's just hanging out. Uh, I really hope that, you know, she's... Her and Bill probably are friends. I imagine her and Bill gang up on the captain and prank him. And I hope they do it all the time because he deserves it. Um, yeah, they just said she's a playful spirit and she likes to... She's very kind and she just likes to hang out. So we stand her. We stand Bill. Captain can absolutely choke. 
A lot of orbs, you know, the orbs and photos that they tell you to look for. A lot of orbs have been captured in photos of the Capitol, old and new photos. Uh, and there's a chandelier there that's very pretty that I did see. And I kind of stared at it all night. And I was like, what if that falls on me? Uh, that's the where my brain goes. If I'm looking at like a pretty fixture or like if I'm in a museum and something's hanging from the ceiling, I'm like, wow, that's really pretty. So is this how I die? <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah, it's giving Phantom of the Opera and, but Bill will save me. He'll push me out of the way, but does he only hang out in the balcony or does he get out to other places? Uh, the chandelier will swing on its own. The staff people there that work there say that it just swings on its own, even when the air is not on. So that's fun. It's probably a little girl hanging from it. She's probably living her best life. other places in Clearwater that I could find very minimal facts on that are haunted. There's a place called Clearwater Cemetery, which actually looks straight out of a movie. It's very pretty. I've always wanted to go and photograph a cemetery, not like to take pictures of me in it, but like take photos of the cemetery. I find cemeteries some of the most beautiful places on earth. Um, not only is it somewhere where, you know, you're preserving somebody's legacy, but you can learn a lot about a person from their tombstone and um, what kind of tombstones they have. And depending on if they have a tombstone or if they have a mausoleum uh, and, you know, what their their um, their kind of background was based on that. I think it's fascinating. I think the aesthetically um, cemeteries are very pretty in the Victorian era. It was a popular uh activity to go have picnics in cemeteries even if you didn't have someone in said cemetery uh it was known that the grounds of cemeteries during really nice summer days were covered with people and families having picnics uh to them it was not seen as morbid uh it, they were in that era as you probably can tell from the episode i did a couple weeks ago with heather where we talked about victorian spiritualism uh it was just a well-known practice to just you know honor pe they were very much about honoring people's lives and keeping them with you even after they pass so if you had a relative that had passed away it was um going to have lunch with them at the cemetery was an activity but also cemeteries were because parks weren't really a thing like we have parks now there were gardens and things like that but you couldn't usually sit on areas of the landscapes and gardens because of how many topiaries and things were out there you could sit on benches but uh large areas of grass for just sitting and hanging out in were very uncommon so cemeteries usually had those so that's why they were also another popular picnic spot and there were no um trees so you could get vitamin d which was very important for curing a lot of illnesses back then they thought that exposure to sun and getting sunlight would help a lot of problems so, yeah, that's a little cemetery uh, history for you. So, yeah, moral of the story is I like cemeteries a lot. I think they're very interesting and fascinating. And, um, yeah, so, but the Clearwater Cemetery, which is in uh, Myrtle Avenue, if you want to go visit, it is known that you can hear kind of spooky sounds and see figures moving around gravestones. Um, it's not confirmed obviously there's a but i feel like every cemetery is haunted this is not like a weird like oh my god the cemetery full of dead people it's haunted you say i would have never guessed uh but yeah people have reported seeing like figures and hearing things even during the daytime i went to school by a cemetery my my elementary school was not next to but in order to get to the school from where i lived you had to pass a cemetery that was about like two minutes down the street um it was a very tiny cemetery and then right next to that was a pet cemetery so it would that was very sad as well but um I don't know how common pet cemeteries are do any of you guys have pet cemeteries near you I've seen many on my way to my grandparents which is about an hour drive my dad's grandparents they or my dad's parents who are my grandparents they I pass a ton of cemeteries and there's pet ones out there too so 
yeah, Clearwater Cemetery is apparently haunted if you're looking for ghost adventures. And then another one that I literally only found like one thing for that I just thought it was funny. There is an IHOP in Clearwater on Highway 19. It has reportedly caught several ghostly figures on security cameras, one of which being someone in a black cloak walking around the dining room. And uh, there was a cook that apparently saw that man on several occasions as well. So that's the only info I could find on the haunted IHOP. But I'm, I'm trying to find videos of it to see because you can't just tell me this was caught on camera and then not show me. Clearwater Beach is also super haunted. Um, it's not my favorite beach to be. I've been there many times. I've never seen the what I'm about to tell you. Uh, despite its name, it's not very clear. The water is not clear at all. Um, it's like... It's a beach. Like, it's literally not my favorite place at all. I, but that being said, I don't like the beach. I know I'm from Florida and I don't like the beach. I just don't like sand and, like, the ocean scares the crap out of me. I'm going to have to do an episode on, like, ocean crimes or something because I don't trust the ocean. I don't trust it. I, if I can't see the bottom, I will not get in it. But Clearwater Beach, which I didn't know, is apparently haunted by a woman in a white dress um, who's in her 20s, question mark, everywhere. I don't know how you can tell that. Um, there is no name, but her whole legend is that um, her fiancé got shipped off to war in World War II. Um, and he was stationed on Clearwater Beach in the 40s. And so um, it, it's possible that maybe he passed away. And because everybody who's ever seen her says that she's just sprinting down the beach in a like panic and they think it's an actual woman who needs help. And then they go up to her and she either disappears or, you know, before they can get to her, she's gone. Um, and the Coast Guards have been called several times by people and, and like the police have been like notified like hey there's a woman who's like screaming and running around the beach and she looks like she's in danger and then they show up and they can't find her so fun times Clearwater is a fun time you should get down here if you can <laughs> so the last place I'm going to tell you about little ghost factoid is Fernandia Beach Florida um I've never been here but it's a place called the Palace Saloon and it used to be uh a place called Uncle Charlie's Pub, and uh, reportedly Uncle Charlie is still there. Um, so it was around between 1880 and 1910s. Um, it was near a dock, and it still is, so it's one of the busier saloons. So when sailors would dock and come in, they would, um, you know, just get plastered, as you do. Go drive a ship, drink a couple beers. <laughs> That's safe. Um so yeah, they would welcome ships from all over the world. So it was a very big um, tourist spot and just a just a good little hangout sesh. Um, and it is said that Charlie Bresford, who was the bartender there, he worked there from 1906 to 1960. Because um, other dates I told you, 1880 to 1910, it was around, but that was when the docks were like active. And then after this, they stopped. Um, but from 1906 to 1960, Charlie worked there. He was known as Uncle Charlie to everybody who came in. Um, and <laughs> there was a statue behind the bar. And he would tell people that if you can throw a coin and make it onto the breast of the statue behind me, then I'll give you um, a free drink. And most people were not that coordinated because he usually would tell people who were like already half like into a bottle of vodka so of course they can't see straight so of course they're not going to make it on the titties um but um he works there and then eventually he went on to pass away and another bartender uh would carry on his tradition of throwing the coin um with patrons and this new bartender said that on many occasions he would um feel a presence whenever he would try to do this whole bet thing with patrons 
um, and there was a hand. He felt someone's hand on his shoulder every time he would try to go and initiate the coin throwing thing. So there said it said that Uncle Charlie was telling him to be like, "Don't do my bit. That's my bit, bro. This is not SNL, okay? D- that is mine. Stop it." <laughs> And in 1999, there was a fire in the building that burnt every single room in the saloon, except for the room that Uncle Charlie lived in. Alright, so that's going to do it for today's episode. Now, before I go, I earlier had asked you on Instagram if you guys had any moments to share with me that made you smile or made you laugh or, you know, just just made you happy. And I screenshotted them and I'm going to read some of them to you guys because um, I think I'm going to start doing this at the end of most episodes because I just if I could find it that would be fantastic um (laughs) there we go um so yeah these are just I asked you guys to send me things that made you smile or laugh or something good that happened to you because the world's kind of going to hell in a handbasket right now and I just wanted to share some positivity with you so uh Terry Lauren 820 I do know this person hi um She says, this is my first vacation since COVID. Being able to rest has meant a lot to me. That's amazing. I love um, hearing people, because I have people who come into my job all the time who are like, this is my first concert I'm going to since COVID. And it's very cute because they're old elderly people and it makes me smile. So that's amazing. I would love to hear um, where you went on vacation and uh, what you did, even if it was just staying home and like watching TV because you deserve it. Um. S Isabel underscore C. Hello. Um, you look at my stories a lot on there. You're somebody who I in votes on things. Hello. Hi. How are you, Isabel? Um, she says, my special person went to prom and I happy cried over how beautiful they are. I'm so in love. That is a <laughs> that is the cutest thing I've ever heard. I'm sure whoever your special person was they looked fire in whatever they were wearing um I didn't go to prom uh I just I wasn't in a actual high school I was online I probably could have went to my friend's prom but I hope that you and your special person had an amazing time and uh I'm sure they killed the attire and thank you so much for listening to the show Isabel and then the last one that I have is from summers.com S-U-Z, I also uh, know you from Instagram. Uh, She says, yesterday my six-year-old ate a carrot and forgot to dip it in ranch. And he was like, yuck, it's a root. And roots do not taste good without ranch. (laughs) I love little kids. Little kids just be talking. Little kids just be saying words. It Like the greatest things come out of little kids' mouths. Like my nephews have said things where I'm like, how did you even get there? That's amazing. I mean, that's true. Roots don't be tasting good without ranch. And um, I'm happy. My dad made fun of me last night because I said that I liked ranch on fries. And he was like, that's disgusting. I love ranch. And I love that your child uh, loves ranch as well. Uh, and thank you so much, Summer, for, for listening to the show. And thank you to all three of you who shared those things with me. That's very sweet. And I'm going to do this again. So if you missed that instagram poll um you are more than welcome to uh head over there follow the show on instagram and i would be happy to share your your something good that happened to you um and then i have a patreon shout out uh this is uh i actually know this person her name's eric kelly she uh we became friends on instagram and I'm actually going to meet her for the first time in like a month when she comes down here to see a live show, not my live show, but, um, another podcast live show, Sinisterhood. And, uh, she's also the bestie that sent me 
the Paul, I have a signed copy of Paul Hole's new book because she got him to sign it for me at CrimeCon and it is my prized possession. I, that man I said on the show before is, he's husband material. That man is fine as hell. Um, but Erica, uh, she just became a Patreon, a $10 Patreon. Thank you so much for supporting the show. The fact that anybody wants to give anything to this little production means the world to me uh and she i'm just she didn't tell me to say this but i'm going to advertise her stuff she has a store she has an etsy store um where she sells really cute little handmade ornaments out of felt her little name is felt rific on etsy i'll put her information in the description of this episode there's like an ornament of the month club that you can do where she does different themes or you can just buy like individual ones and uh they're super cute and then she also has her kid made pronoun stickers so for pride month this month if you're um looking for you know, pronoun stickers, they're $2. Their kid will get all of the money. Uh, they're amazing. And they also come in a t-shirt form as well. So if you would like it, it, the, the stickers say, hello, my pronouns are, and then they have all the different ones and they even have blank ones so that you can write your own. And I think that's amazing. And she also, um, has pride month, uh, felt, uh, like little ornaments and stuff so felt rific on etsy super cool head over there support her and thank you so much erica for supporting my stuff means the world and i can't wait to meet you um and if you would like a shout out on the show feel free to head over to the patreon patreon.com slash crime traveling podcast uh there's a three dollar tier if you just want general support and there's a ten dollar tier if you would like a shout out on the show uh ow i just hit my hand on this chair means the world to me thank you so much um for even listen even just listening to the show means the world to me and uh don't forget to rate and uh because you can rate on spotify now so yeah you can rate on spotify apple google wherever you listen feel free to drop a review on apple um those are always fun to look at and yeah so thank you so much for coming on this little ghostly adventure next week i have a guest on so this episode will be vastly longer i promise usually when i have guests on the episodes are almost two hours so i'm very excited about that and yeah have a wonderful day evening or night whenever you're listening to this and i will see you next crime bye-bye this is our evidence our ghost adventures Thank you.